Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Although I don't think there's anyone in the chat room. No, Slade and Doug Beal were there earlier. They're not saying anything. I think well, they we're not saying anything. When I came in. <laughs> I don't know if we're uh, saying anything worth discussing at the moment. Well, I feel like they should always be talking. There ABT always be talking. <laughs> Something like that. Have you ever seen Glengarry Glam Ross? I have not. Oh, I love that movie. Is it good? I do love me some oh, Alec Baldwin. It's one of my very, very favorite movies in the world. Seriously, I love Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, we could do a Casey at the cinema. I would like that a lot, actually. All right, I'll, I'll save it until that time comes. Although, to be honest, I don't know when it's going to come, except maybe Christmas time. But We're ever so slightly going to be breaking from tradition um, at Mike at the Movies on Upgrade. Okay, I'm a little. I'm already getting fired up, so tread lightly. The previous tradition was it was an '80s movie I'd never seen, mm-hmm. but we're changing the I'd never seen. Oh, okay, I can get behind that. Be- because the next Mike at the movies falls on the 19th of October. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think will be the next one that we do? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nope. Uh, Way closer to the 19th of October than Christmas. Well, it also involves Halloween. That's why I was thinking about it. Right. Uh, you're going to tell me and I'm going to be really upset. Uh, Rocky Horror? No. Uh, it's not Halloween. Oh. V for Vendetta? No. Nope. You should remember the 5th of November, I hear. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Back to the Future. Oh, God, I'm an idiot. Two. Of course. Two. Interesting. I've only seen two yeah, a couple well, of times. Well, we're going to do two because that's when he actually goes to October 21st, 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm very right, disappointed so that- in myself. I, we should keep this in the show, if only so I am shamed mercilessly for not realizing where you were going with this. And I deserve every bit of it. Mm-hmm. But that's the plan. Just because it's probably going to be a really fun week for fans of Back to the Future. Did you see the Pepsi Perfect thing? I did not. I saw that there was so- something related to Pepsi Perfect, but I didn't see what it was. They're doing like a couple of thousand bottles and, and most of them are going to be for sale at New York Comic Con I think although I think you'll be able to buy some like you've got to follow Pepsi on Twitter and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but yeah they're doing some bottles of Pepsi Perfect like it's basically just going to be a ton of that stuff because there'll be a lot of brands getting involved anyway but any brand that was actually part of the movie is going to have something but I think it's going to be a really fun week for Back to the Future fans did you see uh they're doing this the tour for um, what's the name of that documentary? Back in time. Uh, back in time. Yeah, I am a uh, uh, I am a backer of that. Yeah, same here. I'm so. really thinking it would be fun to do a meetup in Austin and uh, and go. But for us to do that is such a nightmare that I don't think it's going to work. But man, it would be fun. Like, can you imagine you and me and Faith and Jason and, you know, hopefully Adina and Aaron, just hypothetically, like, let's live this dream for just a moment together. How amazing would that be? It would be amazing. But I will be in Indianapolis that at that time. When it's in Austin? Is that right? Say again? When, when the Back in Time tour is in Austin? I don't know. I assume it's around the time of the of the film. Uh, or are they just taking it on tour this year? Well, no, it's they're taking it on tour. Um, shoot, let me see if I can find it. Okay, November 12th, Paramount Theater, Austin, Texas. With special guest, the original Jennifer Parker from Back to the Future 1. She's not the greatest guest, really. Well, the, your other choices are 
um, fake George McFly in Back to the Future 2 and 3 or Mayor Goldie Wilson. Under no circumstances do I want to see Jeffrey Weissman, who was the George McFly in Back to the Future 2 and 3. I would way take over that Claudia Wells and Don uh, Fully Love, the Mayor Goldie. Did you know those names off the top of your head or are you also looking at the same page? I would love to tell you I knew them off the top of my head. I was going to say, my goodness, that is impressive trivia. Like, I know you're a humongous Back to the Future fan. I do not doubt that. But that was taking it to a whole nother level. I was very impressed for a moment there. I should have just gone with that. You should have. I should have just claimed that. (laughs) Been like, yeah, yeah, I know the name of of every actor, including the the one that literally nobody cares about. (laughs) Because he was there only because they had no other choice. Yeah, because what, what is it? Uh, she what was the original actor's name. Crispin Glover. Yes, and he was like, "Screw that! I don't want to be in the others." Is that right? I don't know what he still was. I'm, I'm, from the very little that I've looked into this, I think it was a, a money-related thing, mm. mm-hmm. which I actually think was the same for Claudia Wells as well. Which is why she wasn't back in back in in the movies later on. They they all wanted more money, I think, because the original was such a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume Zemeckis was like, you're not as important as you think you are. <laughs> and then that was the end of them. Whoops. Uh, well, who replaced her? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, Elizabeth Shue. Is that right? I don't know. I believe that's right. And she was in, she was, she was popular in fits and spurts. She's in uh, CSI now. And she was in, shoot, what was the movie with Val Kilmer where he was like a, um, he was like a spy and he was really good with um, disguises the saint. I really, I really enjoyed that one. Actually, have you seen The Saint? No. Well, we should maybe add that to the list. What year was that? I bet it was the nineties. Nineteen ninety-seven. We should put it on the list. Is it that? Is it good enough? It's okay, to be honest with you. Because really, the other thing about the Mike at the movies uh, cross segment is that the movies have to be good. Okay, maybe we should take it off. Um, because otherwise, why would you do them? There are so many movies. Yeah, that's you true. Know? That's true. And you said you have seen Hook. Is that correct? I have seen Hook, but what? Like not since I was very young. So like I could rewatch Hook, and it would be like it was the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. So like technically, yes, I have seen it. Mm-hmm. But I do, all I remember is like one scene where Robin Williams winks. God, I don't even remember that, and I know Hook pretty darn well. So that could be something in my brain, right? Because no, I, I bet just you're right. That, I you bet know? you're right. Run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. Um, all right. Well, we'll have to th- keep thinking on that. And then, I, I, like I said, I am not opposed to doing a uh, Casey at the cinema if the opportunity arises. So, but it's worth noting that we will be doing True Lies. Yes. In two weeks' time. Yes. So we will record next week. The True Lies yep. episode. However, it will not be out until, what, the 18th of October? Is that correct? No. It will not be out until the 25th. Sorry. You are absolutely right. The 25th of October. Because um, we're doubling up next week we're on the live recording. Right, right, right. You are absolutely correct. So the 25th of October, um, True Lies. And if you didn't hear my warning last episode, I'll warn you again. It is very similar to Die Hard, a little less language however there's one scene that's definitely of an adult nature so um whether or not you're bothered by children seeing kind of comedic violence um i would definitely warn you that there's one scene that i cannot imagine you would want to show your kids so 
Um, That's a double that uh, Mike at the Movies week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. And which? what did you say you were doing for Upgrade? Back to the Future, too. Right, the right. whole reason we okay. went down this right. route. Sorry. I just want to make sure I remembered, and I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> Good talk. We'll cut that, too. All right. Uh, we have some follow-up to do. <laughs> You're just cutting out all the things that make you look like an old man. Yeah, except that in the end of the day, I'm going to leave them all in. And and even if I told you to cut them out, you would leave them in anyway. <laughs> I don't listen to all of the things you tell me to cut. Sometimes I just cut things by the waveforms. Oh, that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's do some follow-up. How are you doing with your uh, following count? No change. Okay. So uh, I'm still at 550, but I've been doing a couple of things this week. I have been muting pe- uh, people, people's retweets. Not muting them, but like disabling retweets for people, um, which is uh, it takes up less of your timeline. But not for everyone, but just for like, some people. Like if I see somebody that I follow and they retweeted a couple of things that annoy me, they just they cut out. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like a couple of things that I think are just useless, you know? You know, quick aside... So I set up the um, Casey Liscom Twitter account mostly at your urging because um, you had basically said to me, I don't believe in RSS and I don't want to look at and I don't want to have to manually go to your damn website every day. So please, 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 can you just set up a Twitter account? And finally, I acquiesced and did so. However, every time I post something, I have a larger internal struggle than I'd care to admit about whether or not I should retweet or quote that tweet. So in other words, for every post that goes on my blog, I just I debate more than I'd like to admit whether or not I should tweet about it from my main Casey List account. And the reason I feel that way is because I feel like if somebody really wanted to see the stuff on my blog, they'll either follow me on RSS or they'll follow the Casey List com account. And it's it's sometimes frustrating to me when somebody has their own personal account, but it's just constantly retweeting everything they ever do anywhere ever from their main account when there are other accounts that will handle that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I mean, I try to be very selective over the things that I retweet or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I try to be like that, and I, I worry always that I'm not selective enough, but that's something I stress about, which is a very odd... I mean, it's a great problem to have, but it's a very odd problem. You know, is this really going to no, matter? No, it's, it's showing respect for the people that follow you. Right. Well, at least that's what I hope anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, it's a weird thing that I never expected to worry about, even when I started my blog. You know, I, I expected to worry about, oh, is this post any good? Is anyone going to notice? Is anyone going to care? Am I any good at doing this in the first place? Is the website going to stay up? What happens if one day I maybe get fireballed? Um, and we'll talk some, uh, some about that later. You know, all these things I worried about. Never in a million years did I expect to worry about whether or not I should quote or retweet things from the automated uh, Twitter account. This is a very, very odd thing. Anyway, but we got sidetracked. I'm sorry. So you're turning off retweets. What else have you been doing? Um, so I followed a couple of new people, which meant removing previous ones to keep it at that limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did want to mention that I'm gaining on you. Oh, yeah. So as we record, how many followers do you have? I have 13,888. Oh, this is getting uncomfortable quickly. And uh, my my current track is a couple of hundred a week. 
Oh, that's not going to take long then. My current count is 15,569, and I am definitely not increasing at a couple hundred a week. I would say I've got maybe a hundred a week and I think it's probably closer to 50. Let me see. So what is our gap right now? Our gap right now is 1,681, which is pretty much as, as close as it's ever been. Mm -hmm. You've always been about 2000 ahead. Mm hmm. But I am I'm catching up quickly. So in eight weeks' time, one, two, three, four. So by American Thanksgiving, there or thereabouts, we should be tied. If you're if you're not already ahead, yeah. But this is presuming you don't bring anybody new on, which is uh, true. But you can't assume you're going to stay at that number. No, but I am considerably more stagnant than you are. So listeners of this show. If you've if you have not taken the opportunity to follow me, do so now so you can keep me ahead of Mike, lest I suddenly become not as cool as he is on Twitter. That is my um, impassioned plea. Or just buy KC a thousand followers. Oh God, please don't! Oh my God! Oh my God! No. <laughs> don't do that! Oh my God! Do no. not do that. That that is funny, but not funny. All right. So um. So otherwise, status quo on Twitter though. Um, yeah, yeah, there are thereabouts, pretty much. All right. How's your, uh, release notes talk coming along? Um, so, uh, yesterday as we record this, uh, I was doing some work on it, and I basically planned out the intro in full, um, meaning made sure I got all the slides that I wanted, um, I took my notes and put them onto, um, and turned them into speaker's notes. Right, mm-hmm. so I took mm-hmm. like my actual long notes, distilled them down into some some short bullet points, and made them speaker's notes. And I practiced that a few times whilst walking around. Tomorrow, as we record this, I'll be doing a bunch more work on it. Um, at I'm going to my co-working space tomorrow, um, and then hopefully more throughout the week. So, uh, when I was doing the the kind of run through of the intro, um, it clocked in at about five minutes, which is great. Okay. Um, because I need to fill like 30. Oh, that's not terrible. Yeah, probably closer to 45, but like if I go under 30, I think they'll be pretty unhappy. Yeah, you know what I found from doing a couple of CocoConf talks is that everyone tells you this, and it's true, even for someone who is experienced in talking like I am and like you are, um, you always go quicker if you don't remind yourself to slow down, you talk quicker, you skip things, you rush. And maybe you wouldn't do this, but I absolutely do. And so I had to remind myself, go slowly, take your time. Don't rush it. No, even if you think you're going the appropriate speed, then you're going like twice as fast. And so that's what I would recommend to you is go much slower than you think you need to. Um, and, and that would probably be the right amount. I, um, I'm thinking about like putting notes to myself of that effect, mm-hmm. like just at the top of some slides in big red writing, the word slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I recommend it. I really honestly do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm building like some code for myself for certain things. Like be aware that you're about to make a joke, which is reliant on the next slide. So don't make the joke yet. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, so like I'm taking a sentence and splitting it in half and using yep, yep. like, um, ellipses to to remind myself that there is a joke Mm -hmm. that is reliant Mm -hmm. on us the next slide 
Um, yep, I think so that's yeah, a smart I'm, idea. Yeah, and I'm working more jokes into it in general, which makes sense. Um, I think as I'm running through it, like that's going to happen, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I want. So yeah, I mean, I've kind of got the first five slides, I think, pretty pretty solid, and the talking points around those. So it's the intro up to story number one. Yeah, the other thing I'd recommend, since um, you totally asked me for advice, I know you didn't, but anyway, uh, what I would recommend is I did a dry run, at least one, if not two, um, pretty much a day or two before my talk, and that was really good to to train myself to talk slowly and to make sure I was going to hit my time target. And I generally would never, ever, 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 ever do that because I find it... Um, kind of silly. I I like to talk extemporaneously, generally speaking, even if I have slides. But in this case, I I was very glad that both years I did at least one run through the night before to make sure I kind of had the flow to make sure I knew when not to make the joke and when to make the joke to your point. Um, So if you have the time, I definitely recommend that as well. Yeah, um, the, the the idea is I'm going to really try and do it, so I will be doing dry run-throughs of this for a few days. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- the plan was I would be doing them in full now, but that hasn't happened. Um, so really, it needs to be, ideally, next week, I need to ha- be doing multiple... I need to be doing dry run-throughs of this every single day. Um, we'll see how that goes. In all honesty, I am pretty much like 95 percent complete with the with the major outline oh good good so yeah it it just needs the final section needs a a little bit more um and just like a little bit of a conclusion but but that's kind of it and then the rest is then it's just a case of reading through it all and just picking out the pieces that i need to remind me of the rest of the story now have you arranged with those who are in attendance, um, who is who is going to FaceTime me while you're speaking so I can watch live? I haven't done that. Uh, I expect but either that or a Periscope, so make that happen. We can probably not – actually, not a Periscope. <laughs> not a Periscope. I don't, I don't want that done because I don't think the guys want that no, done. I, I'm just being silly. But, um, uh, but, I mean, yeah, if somebody wants to FaceTime you, they can. I thought you were going to ask, which is something that I should do, uh, is to tell them when they need to laugh. <laughs> to maybe give them like a print out before of all my slides. Right, right. You know, like laugh here, boo here, cry here, mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Excellent. And um how much of the slide deck is stories about me? Uh, <laughs> none messing, yet. I'm but that's kidding. I mean I'm not I'm not ruling that out. I'm not ruling that out. For the record, I was really joking. I'm just messing around. I know you were. But I also know you would like it if there was Oh, I wouldn't about complain. You. I wouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness all right so uh you had one other item in the follow-up that i am completely unaware of so tell me about this last thing have you ever heard of adult coloring this is not a sexual thing <laughs> i'm assuming you're talking about coloring and coloring books coloring books for adults uh i feel like i've heard faith talk about this from time to time this is a thing like a real thing that is happening and and me and Brad are obviously talking about it, but like it is a thing. I mean, it it happened. It's been happening for a long time, and now me and him are just coming coming around to the idea. Um, I own a coloring book uh, by a lady called Joanna Basford. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, a storefront. It's in the UK. It's a, it's a site called Colt Pens, uh, but you can they have a real good collection of this stuff. But you can you can buy these products from wherever you want to buy them if you don't want to buy them from there, even though they are a great company. 
um, it's just to give you an idea of the types of things that people are doing. And this Joanna Basford person, she kind of is the big person behind all of this. Like there are other people now, but she has kind of been the one who has really, really made this a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to, well, one, I first off just wanted to see if you'd heard of it. I mean, like I said, only by way of Faith mentioning that she had yeah. received some coloring books. Didn't she have like a Ryan Gosling coloring she book did at some have point? A Ryan Gosling coloring book, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the only thing I've been aware of. So, do you do this often? Do you enjoy, when when are you going to find yourself coloring? Well, so this is it, right? So I'm doing the majority of my coloring whilst editing shows, right? And I'd seen you had tweeted a picture too when you were editing Cortex. Is that right? All right. So instead of playing video games, you're coloring. Yes. Are you? And it's way better because what I'm finding is because I can't really play video games seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I can't actually play a video game the way I would like to play a video game. Right. Right. Because you, 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 I still have to pay too much attention to the to the show, right? To actually play a video game properly. Um. But the coloring is perfect, and what it's allowing me to do is actually to 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 enjoy. The shows that I'm listening to more, oh, because I don't feel like I am working as much. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm sitting there on my computer and just like doing some very very light work, which I would do, like stuff that doesn't take my attention too much, so I can still listen like clearly enough to the show if I need to go in and change anything, edit anything. Um, if if I'm doing that, it still feels like work in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've found is the coloring allows me to engage all of my other senses as I need to, um, but then have the audio playing like what I do when I actually listen to podcasts for fun. Sure. That makes sense. Not just for work. So it's become a really nice thing to do. And plus, it's just very calming. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done coloring geez, in forever. I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. Seriously, I really, really do. It is a great, simple, uh, low barrier to entry way of of relaxing. Hmm. That's very zen of you, or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought it might be interesting to just bring up on this show as well because I think that there there might be some people that are interested. I know that there are some people in the chat room that are already all over this. Yeah, like like Kathy and Doug. They're big pen addicts. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that uh kathy was and i thought i knew that doug was too um my one of my favorite tv shows is and i think i've talked about this a few times in the past on this show is uh this this happy news show called cbs sunday morning and um on sunday mornings they have this hour and a half hour and a half show that generally speaking is just kind of a human interest almost like a magazine if you will although it's on television of about all sorts of stuff. And gen- like I said, it's it's generally happy or interesting things. And a while back they did a um they did a post or a post, gosh, listen to me. They did a segment on doodling and how doodling is very important and and it really does help in many ways. Um it helps you kind of concentrate, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we will put a link in the show notes to this um this video unfortunately it is flash only i know they're stuck in 1912 but you can not only watch the segment but you can also just read a transcript as well um and i definitely recommend that it's probably five or ten minutes excellent all right any other follow-up um no i don't think so all right why don't you tell us about something that's awesome 
I will definitely do that. We have a new sponsor this week. Uh, it's a fun one, too, and it's something a little bit different, which I'm really happy about. It's a podcast. Hmm. So I, I, I really like this. I'm very happy that these guys approach me because this is something that I dream of a little bit, is TV shows advertise during other TV shows. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't podcasts advertise on podcasts? Yeah, like uh, didn't ATP sponsor um, Rocket It way did back sponsor then? Rocket. Yeah. Yep. And I've, I've been thinking a little bit more about that recently, but maybe that's just some, a thought and conversation for another time. The show is called Built in Motion, and it's a sound-rich show telling the stories of our engineered world. And when I say that, what I mean is that your hosts of the show have taken a ton of time and care over the way that the show sounds. It has great voiceover, really nice music, and also sounds from the real world of their interviews. So like the, one of the episodes that I've listened to, and we'll say more about it in a minute, they're talking about drones, and one of the clips, they're like, it's just the guy outside flying a drone, and he's talking, so you can hear the drone in the background, and they're talking to the guy. It's really nice. The show's hosts, Justin Voss and Ryan Isabel, will explore the stories of the people who design, build, or use engineered systems. It doesn't matter if it's mechanical, electrical, chemical, or civil engineering. Justin Voss is a fabricator and NASCAR pit crew member, and Ryan Isabel is a mechanical engineer. Currently, their plan is to release a new episode at the beginning of every month, and then maybe as time goes on, they might increase the frequency. But at the moment, even if you have a big queue of shows, one a month is not going to kill you to add. And the the episodes are modest in length, like thirty minutes long or whatever. So it's it's you know it's a nice nice light show, a nice light lunch of a podcast to listen to, but full of meaty content. Uh, <laughs> the first episode is Justin's <laughs> personal story of a day in the life of a pit crew member, uh, because a pit stop is an engine process taking place on an engineered race car, which is probably something that Casey would love to listen to. Um, episode 2 is all about consumer drones and shows exactly why Justin and Ryan uh, sorry, and shows exactly what Justin and Ryan are setting out to make. They explore the stories of people who fly them as a hobby or a business, and they take a look at the current regulation around all of that. It also includes a story from an ex-NASA engineer about NASA's plans to use a drone to deliver things back from the International Space Station. Um, I I have listened uh, to this episode and it is fantastic. It is really, really well produced. It sounds brilliantly. Um, I've subscribed and actually genuinely can't wait to hear more from this show. These guys have done a great job. I think it's their first podcast and that does not show. This is very (laughs) professional stuff. So go check out the show today in iTunes or in your favorite podcast player by searching for Built in Motion. Please subscribe and if you like it, give them a rating in iTunes as well and you can find out more on their website, builtinmotion.com. All right, I hand on heart had not heard this ad or anything about this before you just did this read. Um, not only does this show genuinely sound like it's right up my alley, and not only did I just subscribe in Overcast, but I made sure I had both episodes um, because both of them sound so awesome. But this is a perfect example of why podcast advertising is awesome because I, I didn't know anything about this. I have already uh, subscribed and have put both in my, in my podcast player of choice, and I am really looking forward to it. And in case you were worried, like me, about adding another podcast to your ever-growing list – the two episodes that have been released so far, both under half an hour. So talking about produced podcasts, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about Thoroughly Considered. Uh, tell us what that is, if you don't mind. So Thoroughly Considered is a show, I think I mentioned it on here already, um, that I am doing uh, in collaboration with Studio Neat, Dan and Tom. Um, and we're telling the story of their most recent Kickstarter project, the OB. All right, so can you tell me about what the OB is then? 
Yeah, Obi is a smart laser toy for cats, and it's automated, and you can program it from your iPhone. So it's this beautiful little thing that you can put on a shelf or a mantle, and it can shine a laser in your home to you know to distract or for you to play with your cat. Um, and you can set up a timer, you can set up like patterns and stuff, or you can put it into manual control and move the laser around the room. By way of an iPhone app. Where the iPhone app, yeah. Right. And so Studio Neat, um, I, I would say they're, they're friends of both of ours. I hope they would say the same. But uh, they're, they're such great guys. It's just Dan and Tom, like you said. And they have done some unbelievable products in the past. They, they started with the Cosmonaut or the Glyph? I always get it backwards. They started the with the other. Glyph. Okay. So I started with the Glyph, which is kind of a, um, a, a mount for iPhones so that you can mount them on tripods. Is that correct? Okay, and then they did the Cosmonaut, which was a very, very fat, like physically large um, uh, capacitive um, stylus, which was mm-hmm. done very early on when styli, styluses were not really a, much of a thing. Um, and then I don't, I'm going to probably butcher the history, but shortly after that, they did the neat ice kit, which is my favorite darn thing in the entire world. And this is the thing that lets me create crystal clear, uh, cubes of ice. And I freaking love this thing. Um, they also did the simple syrup kit, which is basically your favorite thing in the world, if I'm not mistaken, because don't you use that for, um, your old fashions? I do indeed. Yep. Excellent. So they, they've done a, a string of really great stuff. And they did some other things as well. They did um, the simple bracket. Is that what that was called? The the the, the bracket thing? The March the, Madness mm-hmm. iPhone app, yeah. And they did one or two other things as well. Uh, but I, I genuinely love pretty much everything that, that Dan and Tom do. I don't necessarily buy all of it because I may or may not need it, but I admire pretty much everything they've done. And when I saw the Obi uh, re- get released a week or two ago, um, whenever it was, I thought to myself, man, I don't have a cat, but if I did, this would be freaking awesome. Um, and, and and I'm very impressed by, by how they've done this. And having hung out with them enough times at WWDC and whatnot, I can tell you from everything I've ever seen when you only get to hang out with people for about a week, a year, um, they are two just unbelievably genuinely awesome, awesome, awesome guys. And, and I genuinely hope for nothing but the best for them always because they deserve it. They're such good guys. So with that in mind, thoroughly considered was your podcast tracking and discuss or is your podcast tracking and discussing the journey of the Obi. And you have had two episodes so far, is that correct? Yeah, we had okay. the idea and then uh, an episode which comprised of the Kickstarter launch mm-hmm. and the days following. So these are all basically the show is made up of at least these two episodes. The The, the show has been made up of, especially episode two, of actual real phone conversations between the three of us. So you're sort of eavesdropping, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, but you're kind of, let, let me rephrase that, you're tagging along on these conversations between the two of them yeah. as they're happening. This isn't acted, it isn't a recap, it's literally no. as they're discussing things, you're there and all of you are recording so we can all go on this journey together. Yeah. And it is yep. very highly produced, very much in the spirit of Behind the App, um, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, and it's very much, uh, it, to me anyway, it seems like, kind of the spiritual successor to behind the app. So how have things been going so far? Right. So this is what I wanted to talk about. So episode two, I appreciate all of that that you've done there. And uh, the reason will become quite apparent as to why Casey gave that such a inflated and lovely uh, intro. Uh, (laughs) 
episode two, um, what it was intended to be was us talking about the launch of the Kickstarter, so having the audio recording of that. And then I think what we'd all three of us had expected was also where we celebrate the funding being completed. So, y- so you, would, you had expected over the f- first few days of the Kickstarter, it would likely be funded? Yeah. Okay. Because that just follows the trend of how these guys have done these their big projects before. And we are also sure of it. Um, basically, that hasn't happened. Which um, is really unfortunate because this yeah. thing does seem really, really cool. And its current trend line projects that uh, Obi will fail. It will not get funded. Which That is failing. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on how you look at it. The Kickstarter campaign will fail. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and this is the thing. Like, they talk in the episode about the things that they feel that they have learned from it and will continue to learn from it. So it might be harsh for me to say to say the word fail, but that they will not be making Obi basically. Well, we don't. I mean, we don't know that, but certainly they they won't be. They they can't. They can't make Obi unless they do this because they can't afford the tools that they would need. Sure, but what I mean is. Every everything, all of science points to this not this is going to not get funded or this is not going to get funded. However, you never know. And maybe the cat lovers that are listening to this show, the analog listeners could put them over the edge. But no, right, no but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it doesn't meet its fun goal, they won't make it. There is I still I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think I try and get us across in the episode that there is still more than enough chance that this thing can work. They just need another couple of boosts. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is, and, and they talk about this. So Dan and Tom talk about this. They know how this stuff works. They've done it for long enough now. And everything is pointing towards the fact that they will not do this, that they will not meet their goal. Right. Um, because their trend is flattening now. As I currently, you know, as we currently look at it now, the, the, the trend line is flat. And so they they are bringing on an amount of money, but it's not increasing. So what that most likely means is maybe within the next couple of days, it will start to go down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Potentially. So the whole story is about this, and I urge people to go and listen to it because I'm really proud of what we've made. Um, and, and I think that episode two is good because... And I actually think it's good as a piece of entertainment because it's it's quite dramatic because it's yeah. sad. Yeah, if you'll permit me to jump in here, if I'm really honest with you and really honest with the listeners, when I heard these things, when I heard, I, I did not look at the, the Kickstarter to see how the progress was when I listened to episode two. I looked at it when it was initially launched, didn't look back. And as I'm listening to episode two, I'm seeing that things are taking a turn. And the, my first thought was, oh, my God, I feel so terrible for Dan and Tom. My second thought was, oh, God, what does this mean for Mike? But my third thought was, this might be even more interesting programming than had things gone perfectly. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But there no, is something I think, to be said. I think said. it's more, objectively, it's more interesting to hear. Right. And so for you, perhaps, some good might come of this selfishly but i know i speak for you in saying dan and tom are friends and we would never wish for this for them and we and i would love to see somehow some way them break science and break math and somehow come come away with this thing getting funded 
And so this is the flip side of it. So this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about. So, I mean, it's to say, you can you can go and hear the story, and if you haven't, I I urge you to go and listen to it. It is really it, worth it. It's really really good, and it's we've worked we've worked hard on it. Yeah, know? and it's fascinating to hear this kind of turn happen from them to being so excited and so amped and so ready, and then you start to see this trend line in their attitudes and or not their attitudes, but in their emotions is a better way of phrasing it um, where they're amped and excited. And then they're kind of confused and concerned and then genuinely concerned and kind of upset and then kind of just accepting it. And, and genuinely it is worth listening to the show. It, It is well under an hour and very, very, very good. The original draft of this episode had way sadder stuff. Oh Yeah. Yeah, we ended up cutting some of it. I think I think you had the right balance because I th- yeah. it wasn't overbearing and it but it did get the point across. Yeah. Um so yeah, the other side of this which is something that we spoke about on our calls but we didn't address on the show because I didn't think it was really pertinent to the discussion is that thoroughly considered as a podcast is also not doing very well. Interesting. So this is the the, the other the other side of it. So Obi is not doing well, and we don't know why. And Thoroughly Considered is not doing well, and we don't know why. Hmm. That That's really bumming me out quite a bit, actually, because both the Obi and Thoroughly Considered both strike me as really, really, really great products that deserve to do well by people who deserve to have success. But and, that's not how these things... Oh, Sure tend to work and should work so like there's something that tom says on the episode which i really like which is like if this was our first campaign none of us would have ever expected that it would have funded and we would have approached this completely differently but we all approached it thinking that it would be a foregone conclusion that thoroughly considered would be a success and obi would fund but Mm -hmm. that has kind of not really happened as, as much like so the show is doing fine like it, it numbers wise it's on par with some of the smaller shows that we have at Relay FM. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was expecting it to be a mid-range, a mid-level show. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, they, the guys are talking about some of the things that they're learning about their business. And I feel that I'm learning some things about my business along the way of this as well. And I think the key part of it is, quite simply, if you build it, they don't necessarily come. Sure. Which is too bad because in a lot of ways, I feel like if you really give a crap about something and get it in front of just a couple of people, oftentimes that that, that really is and, and maybe even should be enough to get you noticed and get you some level of success. But to your point, Mike, it's not that simple. And the stars, at least in part, do need to align in order to get that to work. Yeah, I mean, and so this is the thing. Like, so I typically don't really do a lot of promotion behind the scenes for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very rare that I would email people and say, check out this new thing that we're working on. But I've been doing a little bit more of that than usual for this show, like contacting some people that I think would be interested in hearing it. But it doesn't really seem to be catching on in the way that we would hope. And it's just a very. It's just a very interesting thing, really, because I don't fully understand why. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you learned so far? All, all I've learned so far is is uh, 
I don't really know how to put this in a way that sounds good and I'm comfortable saying, but it's kind of just like people won't listen to whatever I make. <laughs> I know what you mean. And it's because we haven't um we haven't had this problem mm-hmm. yet. Like there hasn't been a show that we've launched where it didn't meet our expectation. Like every show that we've launched has met our expectation and many basically basically all of them have exceeded it as well. Um we're thoroughly considered as not yet. And and it is exactly the behind the app problem again. Because behind the app met the goals if you remember, go back to that mm-hmm. discussion. It met all the goals that I set out for that show, but it didn't meet what was required of it. Yep, yep. Does that make sense? Like, So sure. what it ended up being was way more than that. Mm-hmm. Right? Way, like so I needed, it was way more work in order to get one episode out. And that's what I'm trying to say. Given, yeah. given all the work it took, the numbers weren't good enough to really sustain it. Exactly. It's tough. So that... Yeah, so that's the thing. So then, so now authority considered is going through the exact same problem, which is got to be doubly frustrating because here it is: if you take a show like Analog, I don't want to paint the picture that you and I don't take this seriously, and I don't want to paint the picture that we don't care. But compared to Behind the App, compared to Thoroughly Considered, we just kind of show up and talk and cut out the parts that suck, hopefully, and then release it. And the other shows behind the app, thoroughly considered, I know that you toil over them and in a way that you don't really toil over most of your other shows. And you really, pardon the cheesy you know, turn of phrase here, but you really thoroughly consider every minute of audio in, in, in those shows. And so what does it say to you when you pour yourself into these shows and it doesn't seem like anyone cares yet the ones where you just show up and kind of talk for a while that's the ones that are popular like that's not reinforcing the right things but i i would come to the same conclusion um i think just all for me that it says is just maybe we haven't found our one of those shows yet yeah, and I think that's the better and right way to look at it. And, you know, uh, Mrs. Soup in the chat is asking the same question I was going to, which is, how is this going to affect your more produced shows in the future? Like, are you going to say, the heck with it, I'm not doing any behind the apps with Early Considered? Are you going to just keep trying until you find the one that really connects? You're just going to take a break for a while and reevaluate? I mean, what are you thinking right now, anyway? So my my initial answer to this would be, um, I won't do it until I think of the thing that is like, yes, that's the one. But both of these two have been that too. Mm-hmm. So I'm by no means considering that I will give up on this type of show. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is I won't be coming back to it for a while. Because the main problem is not that these shows don't necessarily do what I want them to do numbers-wise. It's the amount of time that goes into them. So Cortex is the biggest show that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. And it takes... We record every two weeks, and we speak for about two hours, two to three hours, and it takes me about twice that to edit down. Um, So let's say uh, to record maybe takes... To record and edit maybe takes six to seven hours, and there's maybe two hours of prep 
total. Mm -hmm. So it takes eight hours every two weeks. That's what minimum a show like Behind the Apple Authority considered would take. Every episode would take about 10 hours Mm -hmm. um, just in the edit. So that isn't without uh, the the prep and the talking. So like Cortex is, and the reason I bring that up is because it's an outlier because of the amount of editing we do to that show and, and the amount of work that goes into it. But it is also very popular. Mm-hmm. So like I can't balance those two things because like if you take analog, which is I would be very happy if thoroughly considered was at the level of audience size that analog is at, right? That that's what I hope we would be able to achieve. Um, analog, I do maybe an hour of prep total, um, maybe less, maybe more. Sometimes we sit here for ninety minutes and it takes me about twenty minutes to edit. Well, to be fair, I'm throwing in another hour to an hour and a half of editing, but... Sure, but you don't do the, the prep. Correct. The so, way that I do. In total, so what did we say? So for both of us. Yeah, so it's, you know, what did we say? An hour of prep, call it three hours between recording and me listening back to the recording, and even if I was going ridiculously, an hour to edit. So that's three plus one plus one is five, which is a lot less than the 10 that you just said it was at the least... For something like behind the app or thoroughly considered. Yeah, exactly. That's tough. Because I love, I, God, did I love behind the app. And I have really, really enjoyed thoroughly considered. And I don't get, to your point, why other people wouldn't like it too. I mean, that's, jeez, that's tough. So this is the thing. It's not that, um, it's not that people don't like it. Or not, a, not enough people have heard it. It's that people don't think they will or that the message just isn't getting to them i don't know what it is mm-hmm. yeah that's that's tough i mean what do you do going from there especially when I, I you know i am on two different shows that are show up talk for a while edit it and then let it get let it go and i i am proud of these shows but there's so much less effort. I know we just said this, but it's so much less effort than what you go through for these other shows. And so I feel like you deserve to get more or better response from something you put so much time into. And like you said, this is not how it works. Time does not equal rewards, but geez, after all that time and all that effort you put in, it seems like you deserve to have like just ridiculously good numbers, not frustratingly bad numbers. But the world isn't fair like that. No, it, it's absolutely true. So that's how that's kind of how it goes. So the future of thoroughly considered is up in the air. Yeah. Will you thoroughly consider its future? Yes. It's neither <laughs> one way or the other right now. Fair enough. Sorry, I couldn't resist making that joke. I know. Um, I, I hope you guys continue with it at least for a couple of more episodes. I I feel like you could get a couple of really solid episodes out of you know, the the near end, but not quite the end of the campaign, then perhaps the end of the campaign, and maybe even like a retrospective after it's all really, really over. But I mean, you tell me, I, I just I hope you don't, I hope you don't cut it off until you've ended the arc. And I, I don't suspect you will. But I really hope you guys see it through no matter how it turns out. Yeah, there's still a story to tell. And there's still a story that we want to tell no matter how it goes. 
but the 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 implementation of how the story is told may change. Yeah, and that's understandable. I don't know. I I really hope that one of these days whatever really heavily edited and produced show you do connects the way that, with the audience that I think it deserves to and I think you deserve it to. And and maybe it'll be the next one, maybe it won't be for the third or fourth one from now, but gosh, I hope I hope it happens one of these days cuz I have loved every really heavily edited thing that you've done. I love Cortex. I love Behind the App. I love Inquisitive. I love Thoroughly Considered. I mean, I really, really, really enjoy all of these shows. And and I hope that one of them gets the legs that, they, that it really deserves. I appreciate that. All right. All right. Let's, let's uh, talk about uh, our next sponsor. And I have something a little bit happier to talk about. This week's episode is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is the company that will take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to proudly display or give us gifts. Now, I want to take a moment to pass on a massive thank you to all the listeners out there because uh, Fracture just wanted me to do that because they are very happy that you have all been buying your prints and giving them a chance to print some of your favorite images, some of your favorite accomplishments and moments of your life and to display them so happily in your home. So as we've said before, you you know what Fracture do, right? They, they, so as we said before, we love Fracture. We love the prints that they create. I love working with them, and I think they're a great uh, company for us to, to have on as a sponsor. And what I really love as well is how people keep sending me uh, images, like um, po- photos on Twitter and stuff, of the Fractures that they've been getting printed, because I like to see that. I like to see that people are actually supporting the shows look like that. It's a nice thing to see. And it's also really nice to see when you're getting lovely pictures of uh, these beautiful Fracture prints. But... One of the things I want to mention today, and it maybe sounds kind of crazy what I'm about to say next, but the holiday season is approaching, which is, it's true, it really is, but we're just <laughs> at the start of October, so it seems interesting to be bringing up a holiday message right now, but um, Fracture gets very, very busy around the holidays because their prints are so perfect for gifts, and they don't. They they actually turn them around really quickly. They're awesome like that. You know, they'll get the prints out of the door as soon as they can. But they are all hand checked in their factory in Gainesville, Florida. So they are hand checked by the people there, the great people over at Fracture. So because of this, they can get a bit backed up when they have lots of orders. So around the holiday season, they get very very busy. So if you're thinking about buying Fractures as gifts this year, which you should be, you might want to think about getting that order in as soon as possible, especially if you know the pictures that you'd want to use. Just get it done now, and then you don't have any worry or notice, and you won't, and you will not be disappointed uh, if you if you put it in too late and can't get it uh, until after the holiday season. So. You want to make sure that you go to FractureMe.com, learn more, get started right now, and get those prints in as soon as you can. And if you use the code ANALOG, you'll not only get 15% of your first order, you will also help support this show as well. Once again, big thanks, huge thanks to Fracture for supporting Relay FM, and don't forget to send me the pictures of the Fractures that you get printed. Yep, Fracture's the best. And um, Aaron and I have been talking about how we'd really like to get some Fractures for some family members, and we really need to get our show on the road on that one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we, we had a pretty serious and kind of sad moment there, but let's let's turn that frown upside down, Mike, and uh, talk about something a little bit better. Yeah, so I had something sad happen to me this week, but I also achieved a bucket list goal. Excellent. What was your bucket list goal? Uh, to be fireballed. That sounds very painful. Yes. 
Uh, I uh, have my first asterisk, I'll get to this in a moment, uh, mention on Daring Fireball this week. Um, which actually ended up being a double whammy, because not only did I get um, a link to Upgrade episode 56, um, where John said his, that Upgrade was one of his favourite podcasts, which was a nice feeling, uh, I also got mentioned and linked in the show notes for the talk show, the excellent episode of the talk show that, that John did with Marco. So that's something, you know, one of those things going back to, to Mike of many years ago. I've probably wanted to be on Daring, like my name on Daring Fireball for like 10 years. <laughs> I don't right? blame you at all. Um, have you ever been fireballed? Not directly. I have in an ancillary fashion. So when we when we guested on the talk show um, for WWDC 2014, um, that was on uh, my name was on Daring Fireball for that. And if memory serves, I'll have to see if I can dig up this link for the show notes. When Emoji Plus Plus came out, uh, David Smith's app, um, I believe that John had put up a post about that and had mentioned that I gave it a thumbs up. And I think he linked to my review, but I'm not 100% sure. So maybe it was just that I was mentioned, not that I was linked. Um, my website. Yeah, it was both via Casey List, and it has your link, who gave it a emoji thumbs up mm-hmm. i was very proud of that actually that um that you got emoji that i got emoji fireball. on daring fireball uh, but i've never received like a linked list post to my website um which i mean i'm kind of splitting hairs here i'm overjoyed that i was able to guest on the talk show it's still one of my proudest moments um and i'm overjoyed that i was mentioned on daring fireball even as a via but um but i'd love to one day be the highlight like you guys were so this is something as I've wanted this from before I started podcasting and obviously ever since because it's just an achievement. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's the top of the game. Um, and and that, that recognition is uh, is a good feeling and you can't buy that. Um, I was talking to Jason yesterday though and he mentioned to me that I have actually been named on Daring Fireball previously to this and I just didn't know. Really? So when we launched Reconcilable Differences, John linked to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw the link. I was like, "Great!" I mean, obviously, I saw the link. We were tracking the analytics that day, as mm-hmm. we do with any other um, show launch day. We track, see what's happening on the site, and see if anybody's linking to us. So I saw it. I was like, "Great!" It's like that's that. I don't think that was the first time that had happened that like Relay had been on Daring Fireball. But then uh, 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 John published an update saying, "See also Cortex, another new podcast on the Relay Network with CGP Gray and Mike Hurley." But that was added afterwards, so I didn't even know that that had happened. Yeah, I don't know that I knew that either. So he added that later for some reason. And you're you're just a regular on Daring Fireball these days, huh? But this is the same thing as you, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a way, I'm kind of happy I didn't know that happened because it wouldn't <laughs> have been the same feeling as the feeling of getting the full-on link list. Sure, sure. Because this is like an addendum. Yeah, yeah. But so now I've been I've had my name uh, on DaringFireball.net three times now in my life. That that's pretty awesome, and that that's got to feel great. And you know, it's kind of like landing or, or harpooning or whatever we called it, your white whale, right? Where mm-hmm. where here it is, you finally achieved that thing that you wanted so badly to achieve. And at this point, I should probably be giving you a lecture about not validating yourself by the views of others and blah 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 blah. But screw that, man. That's awesome, and you should be really excited about it. It's the it's the respect of someone who I respect incredibly. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 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 is a, a it was just an incredible thing for me to feel. Um, to, I mean, and also, look, I know this this is so silly. I would never really talk about this except on this show because I feel like this is my safe place, right? Yep, like, absolutely. We didn't even mention it on upgrade. Like you just did. We didn't mention it as a thing. You know, we didn't say that it had happened. But like the the thing is, he called it one of his favorite podcasts. Yeah, that's intense. Like that that to me is like what? Like it's just what this thing, happening? right? Yeah, it's like when you th- you know you think back to the you of many years ago. Like I remember, like when I used to have like a uh, back in the day. I used to have like a couple of month reminder set to invite John onto one of my shows. I mean, I don't <laughs> do it anymore. It's just, he doesn't. He doesn't do a lot of interviews or that kinds of things. And I don't really have anywhere that it would make sense to because you know, I don't do that type of interview show anymore. It's like when I used to have like command space for it or whatever. I would send him a, an email every few months, be like, "Hey, John, do you want to be on?" And just like <laughs> that kind of thing. And now it's just it just is it really interesting uh, feeling and emotion to uh be in this position now it's like that is just a, a really really great feeling because i love to talk show it's one of my very 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 favorite shows mm-hmm. um along with atp and hello internet i think they're probably my three favorites that's very kind um, of you to say but thank you i'm i'm now going to overcast to check my uh play my priority playlist to make sure that i've got all of the shows yeah they're they're like they're they're the top ones I think in my priority list. They're the ones that I listen to as soon as they come out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just a a really good feeling. But the the funny thing about this sort of stuff is, so I've achieved this massive goal, and then my brain like enjoys it for a little bit, and then it's like, now what? Yeah, now you need a new goal. You need a new yeah, white like, whale. It's like on to the next one. So I think now the the next one that I could perceive as being like the next step would be to be invited to be a guest on a talk show. Oh, God. I have dreamed of that moment for me. And A, I don't think it'll ever happen, and that's fine. But B, if it did happen, I think I would be absolutely petrified. Like, I, I don't know that I would do a good job because I'd be so scared. I think I would. I wouldn't. I would be okay. I wouldn't be as. If people think I'm good on other shows, I wouldn't be as good. Um, I. I mean, my feeling about it is, I don't necessarily think it will happen, but I also don't think it won't. Yeah, that makes sense. On an infinite time scale, he's going to run out of guests. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, he could just recycle the same guests, which he tends to do. But your point is still fair. I'd say within a, within a couple of years, it feels feels possible. You think you'll be on the talk show within a couple of years? Yeah. Uh, let me just put it on record now that if you are on yep. the talk show before me, I will pretty much quit this show and never talk to you again. <laughs> I just wanted to put that on the record for the internet to hear. There's now a part of me that really hopes that John listens to this show, even though for the rest of the time I wish that he hadn't, <laughs> just so he can, can screw you over. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. It's- I do the things that I do because I care. Mm-hmm. So once once I overtake you in Twitter followers, which is a Imminent. mere eventuality at this point, my mm-hmm. friend, um, that will be the next thing we will race towards. Yeah, that's a race that ain't going to end for a long time, unfortunately. For either of us. 
<laughs> for a second there, I thought you were going to say for you, and I was like, holy <laughs> crap, dude. For you, punk. <laughs> right? Goodness gracious. Um, now we'll see what happens. But, uh, well, I mean, you could say I've already won, sort of, kind of. Actually, you have been on the show. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Well, because ne- I think neither you nor I really treats that as me having been on the show. It was it was the three-headed hydra that is ATP was on no, the show. No, I definitely do count because I haven't been as a part of any headed hydras. Well, yeah, but it's it's one thing if you have – and here we come back to the same thing I've talked about so many times. It's one thing if you have this like also-ran tagging along with Marco and John. It's another thing when you have Casey – because Casey is there by himself and he deserves it. Same thing with Mike. Mike is there by himself. It'd be like if you and if you and Gray were on together. Like I don't mean to put yeah, nasty I, I in your head. Yeah, I would be like uh, I would be like, "Oh, he really just wants Gray on." Right. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. that's kind of how I feel about my appearance on um uh, when I was there with ATP. And, and that's not to say I'm not thankful for it. It was an unbelievably, phenomenally cool experience. I, I will remember that for the rest of my life. And I know that probably sounds silly about a stupid a nerd podcast, but hand on heart, I will remember that for the rest of my life. But I also carry this burden that I kind of feel like an also ran and I was there just because he couldn't say no. <laughs> and so um, if either of us was the star, well, not the star, but the the, the co-host on the talk show, God, I, I would hate you. God, would I hate you if you, yeah, if you were on you first. Don't worry about that. Yeah, but, if you got there first, I would hate you for it. But at the same time, I, I would, would be, be very happy. For uh, you, yeah, exactly. But... I would be overjoyed if that was the case. I I would be happy for you, but hate everything that you're made of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I would feel. So now that we've agreed on that, why don't you tell us about something else that's awesome? I will indeed. I'll tell you about Red Hat. At this point, everyone understands that in the right situations, open source software is important technology. It's useful and powerful. No one really disagrees with that. The most successful open source project of all time is the internet. Tim Berners-Lee put the WWW in the public domain. Then, of course, there's Berkeley Unix, TCPIP, BSD Linux, Android, the Internet of Things. You get the picture. The only real disagreement is whether open source can be used in an enterprise situation for people to do their most important work. Red Hat has been settling this debate one customer at a time for over a decade. They started with Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and today they certify and support application development, storage, and cloud infrastructure for every conceivable enterprise deployment. The New York Stock Exchange... DreamWorks, each and every airline, healthcare company, and telecom giant in the global Fortune 500, they all rely on Red Hat. In fact, more than 90% of all the companies in the Fortune 500 are Red Hat customers. Why? Because they get the powerful, constantly improving innovation of open source without the risk of having to do it alone. It's that simple. Red Hat, enterprise software trusted in the world's most demanding data centers. Find out what they can do for yours at redhat.com. All right, so some really your feels? Mm-hmm. Angelo says, When you see regular people using technology incorrectly, do you judge them? I try not to, but I do, says Angelo. Angelo, <laughs> I will share this burden with you, my friend. I try not to, but I think I look at people and think that they're crazy or stupid, and I feel bad for it immediately, but it's because I am so used to understanding how things work, it's normal to me. Yep, plus one. I really shouldn't judge like that, but I definitely do. And then I feel terrible for having done so. We are bad humans. Mm-hmm. Kevin would like to know, what is our biggest fears? Um, all right, this is going to get pretty morose pretty quickly. But um, now that I'm a dad, I oh. I have 
I, I have a near phobia that I'm going to suddenly pass away and not have prepared whatever it is I need to prepare in order for Aaron to continue to survive for a long time without having to get stressed out about money, having to get stressed out about what to do with Declan. Um, I, I, I really need to get better about preparing for if God forbid something happened where I died suddenly Recent, you have a will? Don't have a will, but as far as I know, um, because we're married, it, everything of mine defaults to her. It's only if both of us pass away at the same time that things get ugly. Um, I would put a will in place. I, we should. You've uh, got to think about what you're going to leave me. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I will get right on that, sir. <laughs> but, um, like uh, When I went, shoot, where, maybe it was WWDC. When I went somewhere recently... Um, I put together a document that I gave a copy to Aaron and I gave a copy to my parents um, so that if, God forbid, the house burned down, there would be a copy somewhere else. So I left them a document that said, hey, here's how you get to one password. Um, here's how you get to different bank accounts. Uh, here's how you get to anything that you would need in order to survive. Here's the the two or three places that we have our money. And it's not that I'm like keeping a secret from Aaron. It's just she doesn't deal with this day to day. And so she she may not know where some of this stuff is. And so I have a document outlining exactly how to get to all of this stuff. And that's the first step. Um, I need to rethink about life insurance. You know, I'd love if I could figure out a way to provide enough life insurance so that, you know, the house would be paid for and Erin could have a couple of years before she would need to go back, back to work, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that I need to do in order to prep for God forbid what happens if something happened to to really one of us, but especially me, because I feel like I can control some of these things. I can't really control if Aaron passes away. Well, I don't know. That doesn't make sense, but hopefully it makes sense. Um, and even more than that, God forbid something happened to Declan. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what I would do. Like if I had to go through even one tenth of what Stephen has had to go through. I, I, I would lose it. And so that's my biggest fear is is something something bad happening with my with my family that I'm just not prepared for. What about you? I was gonna say snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you can still say snakes, but, that's allowed. But now I feel like that's not enough. No, 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 that's enough. That's and I don't mean that in a dismissive way at all. It really is enough. It's just I mean it was the first thing I jumped to when I saw the question. That doesn't mean, I mean, I might, I do really hate spiders, for example. So I might fear spiders even more, but um, it was the first thing that I jumped to when I heard the question. And so if the first thing you jump to is snakes and that's fine. Like I am also really scared of spiders, but I'm oh. much more scared of snakes. Uh, see, I don't see snakes day to day, but I see spiders day to day and they freak that's me why out. I'm more scared of snakes. Uh, okay. Touche. That makes sense. Because as well, there's never a small snake that you could just deal with. Mm -hmm. Like, even the smallest snakes are way bigger than the than the regular spiders that I see. That's that's fair. Or uh, the biggest spider I would see in the day today. If there is a spider in the house, who has to kill it? Uh, I do the majority of it. Yeah, see, um, I don't remember if it was me or Aaron. I think it was Aaron came up with the idea of vacuuming up spiders so you can put on like the ho you can use the hose and like put on the six hose extensions that they have and be like 30 feet away from the damn thing when you're sucking it up and that's my preferred method of, of yeah, but then how do you get it out of the vacuum oh whatever it's going to die in there eventually 
But what if it lays eggs in there? It'll be caught in the vacuum. Who cares? Worst case, you firebomb the vacuum. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ruin this for me, man. Come on. This is my one this is my one safe zone and now you're ruining it. Well, so this is the thing, right? So it's like I don't vacuum them unless I have to, but if I do, then I have to empty the thing immediately. Oh, yeah, but then it could crawl on you. It's not dead yet. You have to give it like the the death buffer. But what if it's eggs in the vacuum? Oh, whatever. The death buffer will take care of it. Uh, I I think you're putting way too much um uh, hope and faith in the uh, in the vacuum. Perhaps. All right, we got to move on quickly before I start really freaking out. Um, as Mike, this comes from Andrew. As Mike is away soon, uh, Casey, does this mean that you and Stephen will be doing another true? Uh, uh, sorry, another car episode? Um, yes, I've told Mike that we're going to be doing Mike at the movies, but in reality, we're going to throw that episode away, and Stephen and I are just going to talk about cars. That is incorrect. <laughs> it will not be happening. We'll see. I mean, yes, you're right. I'm just I'm just messing around. Uh, no, we are going to do a Mike of the Movies like we talked about. We're going to be doing True Lies. Um, as, I think it was Wayne Dixon. Somebody in the chat pointed out earlier, which I didn't mention, that I don't believe it's available for streaming anywhere, and I am sorry for that. Um, it has been out since like the early to mid-90s, so hopefully you've seen it by now. Um, if you haven't, then now is the time to leverage that Amazon Prime account you probably have and get it to you as quickly as possible. Um, I am sorry that it's not streaming, but it is worth seeing, and I definitely recommend it. And like like we said, we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. So there you go. That's it. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it. As always, watch out for the vacuum. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs>